welcome to Sister Speak Fringe, where we discuss season three of the Fox TV series Fringe from a sister's point of view. I'm Sister J. And I'm Sister K. And welcome to episode 28. Let's get started. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> okay, well, I will start with a recap for I can't say it. Reciprocity, mm-hmm. which is episode 11. We start with seeing a convoy of cars, including Broyles, Olivia, Walter, and Peter, going to a secure facility where the doomsday device is being put together and tested. Nina Sharp is there, so we can see Nina, and she is working with a massive dynamic doctor uh, to um, test the machine and try to put it together to see how it works. When um, the group arrives, Nina asks them about the files they found on the other Olivia's computer, which Walter is calling faux Olivia. Broyles tells her the computer contained hundreds of files mixed in with observations about their world. They all notice the device and marvel at its size. We uh, meet Dr. James Falcon, who is the lead scientist on the project, working for Massive Dynamic, and he tells them that there is no energy source that they can find and nothing that suggests that it can hold power. About this time, all the computers in the building start to fizzle and the metal objects in the room start moving towards the machine. Suddenly the machine starts to move and Peter gets a nosebleed. Peter tells him that he is the one who triggered it. Uh, we next see Peter coming, sneaking really, quietly into his and Walter's house. And he goes into the kitchen to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich when Walter comes into the room. He asks Peter if he's been out because he heard the front door. And Peter tells him that he just got up because he couldn't sleep and that Walter must have just been dreaming. Walter tells him that he couldn't sleep either and read the first or excuse me, read the first people's book from cover to cover multiple times and still can't figure out how the device works or how it's connected to Peter. Peter tells him that um, this is just one thing that he probably is not going to be able to help with and that he can't protect him from everything. At Massive Dynamic, we see Dr. Falcon putting leads on Peter so he can run a CAT scan. Walter does not want Peter to be tested and suggest to Nina to fire Dr. Falcon. Nina tells him that they are not going to fire him because he's one of the most renowned uh, doctors in his field. Mm. Um, she tells him that they're going to run the test to see why the machine reacted to Peter. Walter tells Nina that he is trying to regrow his brain cells that uh, William Bell removed and wants Nina to try to find the files on the test he did on cell regeneration. Walter tells her that he has to get smarter so he can figure out how Peter is connected to the machine. Olivia comes in to see Peter before his test begins and asks him why he didn't pick up the phone when she called him the night before. He tells her that Walter was being Walter and he just had to go for a walk. Dr. Falcon comes in and tells him that they're ready to start the test and Olivia goes outside to wait. <clears throat> we next see a scene at the Massachusetts Port Authority and we see a man standing by a pond taking a smoke break. Um, all of a sudden he notices that all the goldfish in the pond are dead. He walks, uh, he gets a stick and starts poking around in the water and sees a dead man with a hole in his forehead and it looks like there's silver coming out of his head which we find out is Mercury. Broyles um, goes to see Astrid at the Harvard lab and asks her if she could take a look at the over 300 pages of data on faux Olivia's computer. He tells her that he hasn't asked her before because there are personal observations about her relationship with all of them and mostly about Peter. Astrid tells him that she'll be discreet and she'll take a look at it. Um, we're back at Massive Dynamic, and uh, during the test, Peter's heart rate is elevated, and Walter argues with Dr. Falcon to stop testing him. The doctor thinks it's because Peter, or thought it was because Peter was nervous, but now he's thinking it's something else because he should have gotten over his nerves by now. Um, he wants to continue testing Peter, but Walter is really upset about it and, and doesn't want him to. About this time, Olivia receives a phone call and leaves to meet Broyles at the Port Authority. Once she's there, Broyles tells her that the man um, in the pond was called Michael Baird, and they estimate that he was killed about 3 in the morning. 
Um, the fish died of mercury poisoning since, of course, we know the man was a shapeshifter. <laughs> Royal shows her that his data storage disk was also removed from the small of his back, and they speculate as to why someone would kill a shapeshifter besides one of them on a case. Olivia throws out the idea that Walternet could have sent over a cleaner of some sort to tie up all the loose ends. Um, Broyles calls Astrid and asks her to look up the shapeshifter's name in her in the um, Fo Olivia's database. And when she finds it there, Broyles immediately tells her to shut down the mainframe and make sure that no one can view the files but her. He tells Olivia that there were thousands of names on the hard drive and Michael Baird's name was one of the ones on it. Since they've only just broken the encryption code, he knows that there's um, someone close who, to their investigation knows about the file and that they have a mole. Mm-hmm. So we go back to Massive Dynamic. We go a lot of switching in this episode mm-hmm. back and forth. Yep. Um, the tests on Peter are done and he's getting dressed and Fa- Dr. Falcon comes in to tell him that <laughs> everything was normal and that there was nothing to suggest that he and the machine share an electromagnetic signature. Peter's skeptical since the machine started moving and his nose started bleeding when he entered the room with the machine. But the doctor tells him that he would like to do more tests and that they just don't know what it is that's causing that. He tells Peter he thought he would be relieved that everything was normal and Peter just kind of looks at him and lets it go and tells him, well, you're the doctor, so you know best. Um, about this time, um, Walter runs into the room to tell Peter that a dead that they found a dead shapeshifter and that someone on the inside is feeding Walter information. Dr. Falcon looks up at this information and looks really interested in their conversation. Peter and Walter start to leave and then Peter pats Dr. Falcon on the back and tells him thank you. Back at Walter's lab at Harvard, um, Olivia... Peter, Broyles, and Astrid are going over all the facts. Peter tells them that they should round up anyone who had access to the hard drive. Broyles tells them that they're doing that now and questioning everyone at Massive Dynamic. Astrid says that there are hundreds of names of government employees, local cops, and other um, folks on the hard drive. Broyles says that they're running profiles on all of those people to see if anyone's behavior changed to indicate they would have been taken over by a shapeshifter. Olivia offers to help them sift through the data, and Astrid tells her, um, that won't be such a good idea. When Olivia asks why, Astrid looks straight at Broyles, which kind of spills it, and he tells them that Olivia wrote about Peter and parts of it read like a diary. Olivia looks uncomfortable, and Peter and Olivia leave to go to Massive Dynamic. Once there, we see Brandon testing employees with a souped-up lie detector test. Peter and Olivia tell them that lie detectors are unreliable and are beaten all the time, but Nina tells them that this one's not because it measures the slightest shift in facial muscles, which shows links to stress and a particular emotion. She tells them that William Bell designed it. Walter thinks it's a brilliant idea and says that he wishes that he had thought of it. Peter um, tells them they should keep everyone in custody until they find who the, the mole is. Nina says, well, that might not be such a practical thing because there's over 30 people that we're still having to test. Peter gets kind of hinky and asks her if she really wants to find the mole. He did get hinky. He did. They all look at him kind of like, what is wrong with you? And Nina kind of lets it go and asks Walter if she could talk to him. She takes him into her office and gives him a box of serum, different serums that William Bell had created based on Walter's DNA, that will regrow his brain tissue. She tells him that based on William's notes, he used a rat and a chimpanzee DNA um, to help come up with a serum. But in the 90s, they had a small lab fire that destroyed some of the labels, so she's not sure which is which. And she wants the lab to run some tests on him before he uses them. By the time she says all that, Walter has taken one of the vials out of the box and sniffs some of it. <laughs> She's like, Walter, you know, what's going to happen if that wasn't your DNA that you just sniffed up? And he said, well, I'll probably just get a rash. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Nina tells Walter that she's worried about Peter and that there are people trained to help since he's been through a lot and maybe needs to talk to someone. Walter tells her that he is 
um, that Peter is his son and that he's the one that's going to talk to him. Um, we see Peter and Olivia still watching the testing being done by Brandon when Olivia tells Peter that she would like to help Astrid with the other Olivia's files since she's not doing much good there at Massive Dynamic. Peter tells her that he's conned a bunch of people in the past and he knows what we what he would have written about them if he had kept a diary. Mm-hmm. He thinks that faux Olivia must have thought that he was a fool and he doesn't want Olivia to see him like that. She kind of looks at him like, oh, I get it. I see what you're saying. Um, we see Brandon finish testing and tells him that there's no one else to test and that everyone passed. Olivia asks him if they tested Dr. Falcon. Brandon tells them that the doctor didn't handle any of the files, but Olivia says that he was asking about the computer the previous day. Brandon calls security to have them bring Dr. Falcon to him when he is told that the doctor left early for the day. We next see the whole FBI team mm-hmm. running into Dr. Falcon's house with guns drawn, and they find him <coughs> dead on the floor with mercury coming out of a gunshot wound to his head. Mm-hmm. You oh, take over. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So, Olivia, the next scene we have is uh, they now know that uh, Dr. Falcon was a shapeshifter because there's all kind of mercury on him. So, Olivia calls Astrid and they determine that Dr. Falcon's name was on that list from faux Olivia's computer. Olivia tells Peter that they keep coming up one step behind whoever is killing the shapeshifters. And Peter's just sitting there. You know, listen like, mm mm-hmm, yeah, mm mm-hmm. Back at the lab, as they examine Dr. Falcon's body, Walter is asking Astrid, what did faux Olivia say about him in in all her little files and journals and stuff? So Astrid kind of stops and she smiles and she says, well, she liked you. She thought that you were kind and brilliant, which is true. She did think he was brilliant. Walter begins behaving, uh, uh, or having chimpanzee-like symptoms. He's craving a banana, and he's yawning. You know, like chimpanzees yawn with that little chirp at the end. And he's telling Walter then finds some blood under Dr. Falcon's uh, fingernails. So he's saying, hey, that's human blood. Now, Olivia and Peter, in the meantime, they are investigating Dr. Falcon's house. They're looking around and everything, and Olivia finds the window where the killer gained access to the house. Mm-hmm. Which means, she's telling Peter, which means that Dr. Falcon and the killer did not know one another. They were strangers. So, while Olivia's talking, Peter's looking all around as as she's talking. And Olivia then tells Peter that uh, she wants to apologize to him because she knows how faux Olivia, faux Olivia affected her, but she didn't, Consider that, you know, this was hard on him, too. And so she tells Peter, the good news is that Olivia's gone and we can get past it. And Peter stands there giving her this kind of strange look and he's smiling at her. And then he says kind of quietly, thank you. Then Peter then takes out his cell phone because his cell phone has, has vibrated. And he pretends to read a message from Massive Dynamics that says for him to come in and, uh, you know, take some more tests. So he tells um, Olivia when she says, well, I'll drive you there. He says, no, I'll take the train. But, you know, will you call Walter and let him know I'm going to have these tests run so he won't be worried because I will be in late. So she says, sure. Next, we have Astrid. She's calling Olivia on her cell phone and she tells her that they found some A positive blood under Dr. Falcon's fingernails. So the killer is human. And Walter's in the background saying, you know, one third of the population has A positive blood and he's got A positive blood too. And so Astrid tells Olivia that she checked the personnel files at Massive Dynamics and there's only one person in that whole company that has A positive blood. And that's Brandon, her chief lab assistant. So, hmm. And he's the only person with that kind of blood with that type blood that had access to Folivia's files. Now, back in the town, we see a woman, just a regular nondescript woman, and she's running through the streets and she's running down the alley breathlessly. And she's running and running, and once she runs down the alley, she encounters this homeless man who asks her if she has some spare change. And, of course, she says, 
sure. And then she snaps his neck. And she takes out that little shapeshifter device and puts one end in the roof of this homeless man's mouth. Then she cracks up the bones in her face, <laughs> distorting it. It's ugly and nasty sounding too. And then she puts the other end of that shapeshifter de device in the roof of her mouth and she starts, you know, kind of convulsing and stuff because she's changing. And just as she is about to, just as she completes the transfer to the homeless man's body, Peter appears in the alley and Peter says, hey, Bermudez. And then he shoots the shapeshifter in the head. Mm, mm, mm. Now, and Peter's got this black hoodie on looking all ominous and mean and stuff. Meanwhile, while Peter's in the alley killing the shapeshifter, Olivia and Broyles are confronting Brandon at Massive Dynamics and they arrest him, poor Brandon. So they take Brandon before that little uh, specially made polygraph machine that William Bell designed and they're asking him all kinds of questions about shapeshifters and this, that, and the other. And they determine that, of course, Brandon is telling the truth, that he doesn't know any shapeshifters. So Olivia goes to Walter's lab and she tells Astrid that, you know, okay, I'm going to help you with the files because she and Folibia we're the same. We think the same. We talk the same. So I ought to be able to see a pattern. So let me help. So Astrid kind of reluctantly, you know, lets Olivia, our Olivia, help her. Meantime, we see Walter at home in his little residence, and he's making a big banana split. And he's just having a delightful time cutting up this banana and putting chocolate ice cream on it and whipped cream and stuff. And all of a sudden, he gets a phone call from Nina Sharp. And Nina is calling to schedule some tests for Peter. Well, Walter gets upset, but he kind of doesn't let her know because uh, he just got confirmation that Peter lied to him. And he just didn't understand why. So he tells uh, Nina, you know, I'll give him the message. And then Walter goes up to Peter's bedroom and starts looking around. And Peter's got all these papers and stuff on his desk. And, and, you know, all this paper and stuff up on the wall, little notes and different things. And Walter finds a list of names from Folibia's files, computer files. And he realizes that Peter is the one going after the people on the list and killing the shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, the next scene we see Peter and he is looking mean. It's nighttime. He's sitting outside in his car looking at, uh, uh, sitting outside this man's house and he's watching this man intently, just like he was a pork chop or something and he was, uh, you know, hungry. But he's watching this man carry groceries down the street and go into his house. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ominous. Now, back at Walter's lab, Olivia is reading some of faux Olivia's journal out loud to Astrid, which is kind of sad. And she says that she realizes that Folivia was developing real feelings for Peter. And how could she not? Because, you know, of course, Folivia would see what I see. I mean, Peter's a great guy. Just then, Olivia realizes that she and Folivia think the same. They use the same phrases, the same wording and everything. And then she realizes that Folivia probably used a simple substitution code for her writings. Because Olivia's mom called her Olive. And Folivia's mom in the other universe also called her Olive. So she gets really excited and she writes down O-L-I-V-E. And her and Astrid uh, uh, figure out this code. And she says, okay, look, if you take the letter O, the letter O is the 15th letter in the alphabet. So on page 15 of Folivia's files, the 15th name is who? And Astrid looks it up and she says, it's Newton. Mm-hmm. Shapeshifter. L is the 12th letter of the alphabet. So the 12th name on page 12 is Michael Baird. He's the dead one in the pond. The man in the pond. Okay. I is the ninth letter of the alphabet. So the ninth name on the ninth page is James Falcon. That's the doctor. That's Shapeshifter. He's dead. V is the 22nd uh, na uh, letter in the alphabet. So... On page 22, the 22nd name on that page is Jackie Bermudez. That's the woman that Peter killed in the alley. They don't mm -hmm. know that. Though. But they don't know that yet. And E 
is the fifth letter of the alphabet. So the fifth name on page five is a man named Zach Alpert. Mm -hmm. Now the next scene we have, as Astrid and Olivia, they're figuring this all out. We see that Peter is using his little pocket knife and he's breaking into the window. He's unlatching the, the window latch to the Zach Alpert's house. We now know what who that is. And Peter, as Peter is kind of sneaking down the hallway and sneaking through the house, he's putting a silencer on a gun. And he sees a man sitting on the couch in front of a television. So he shoots the man in the back. And the man, of course, falls on the floor. But when Peter gets up, up close, it's not a man. It's a dummy. And the dummy's laying on the floor. Then the real uh, Zach hits Peter on the back of the head, knocking him to the floor, but he doesn't knock him out or anything. He just knocks him down. And he grabs Peter's shirt, and then he put, sticks his gun in Peter's face, and he says, Hello, my friend. I was expecting you. Mm-hmm. So the next scene, we see that Zach has uh, Peter laying on his stomach, and Zach has put that gun behind Peter's head, and he demands to know, where is Peter getting all his information, and how did Peter even find him? And about that time, Walter comes through the door, and he's saying Peter something. And, of course, Zach is distracted just enough, so Peter throws Zach against the table. And, of course, the gun goes across the room. Now, this is the nasty part. When Peter goes... I thought uh, it was cool. Excuse me. When Zach is is kind of, you know, scrambling for that gun, then Peter has grabbed a meat cleaver off the counter and he whacks Zach's fingers off. Oh, it was awful. And of course, all this mercury comes out. Just to save it for yourself. I, know, but I was like, where the hell to get the cleaver? <laughs> because they're by the kitchen. Okay. Anyway, but that was so it was so, it was so cool. unexpected. But yeah, I mean it was. But anyway, so he chops his hands off, and of course, silver mercury spews out of his hands. So Peter grabs the gun and he shoots Zach twice in the chest. Mm -hmm. Now, meanwhile, while Peter's tussling with this Zach Albert, Broyles and Olivia are racing in separate cars to uh, uh, this Zach Albert's uh, apartment address. And Olivia has called and, and uh, is telling Broyles that this Jackie Bermudez, her apartment, when they went there, it was empty. But she stationed a team at the apartment just in case she, uh, she comes back. And they're now rushing over to Zach Alpert's house. And so Broyles, you know, is trying to dodge traffic and everything. And, you know, he says, I'm on my way. Now back at Peter or Zach Alpert's apartment, Walter's just standing there looking like, Oh my God, what is going on? And Peter still has the gun on Zach. And he turns him over. He flips Zach over to get that data chip. Now, I thought Zach was dead. But Zach is not dead. So, he's asking Walter how Walter found him. And Walter's just, you know, gaping at Peter. And he said, well... From the notes you left on your desk, you just left it sitting on there and you had a list from Folivia's <laughs> file. So, you know, and Walter says to Peter, you killed them all, didn't you, Peter? And Peter says, and it's been useless. He didn't learn anything from the rest of the data chips. Mm-hmm. Looked like these, and he said it with a disgust. Yeah, he was disgusted. And about that time, we hear Zach groaning. So we know he's not dead because, you know, you got to shoot him in the head. See, that's why. Yeah. But anyway, so Peter says that he has to know what they know. And he tells Walter, look, they are soldiers here to kill us. Besides, they're not even human. And I'm not doing anything wrong. And Peter walks over and shoots Zach in the head. Boom. Of course, he gone now. So Walter is standing there with his mouth open. He's just staring at Peter. And Walter asks Peter, well, why didn't he tell them if he was not doing anything wrong? And Walter tells Peter that he is not behaving as Peter. And, you know, what's wrong with you? And while Walter is talking, Peter is looking meaner and meaner and meaner. He's just scowling and scowling. And then his cell phone rings, and it's Olivia, of course, calling to say that they've identified the last two shapeshifters, and they're on their way uh, uh, to Zach Alpert's apartment. And, of course, you know, Peter, uh, okay, you know. 
Now, about that time, well, the next scene we show, uh, or they show Olivia and Broyles are arriving outside of Zach's little townhouse apartment. And, of course, they rush inside with their guns drawn, and they find him dead. There's no sign of Walter, and, of course, there's no sign of Peter either. Mm-hmm. Now, back at Walter's house, Olivia is talking to Peter and Walter and, and uh, telling them that, uh, you know, they're always, they were always one step behind this person who's a killer, and now all five shapeshifters that she identified from Folivia's files are dead. So they, they'll have no way of knowing, you know, what they could have been told or anything. And Peter just says to her, no, no, uh, so like nonchalant, he says, well, but you know, we still have Folivia's computer, so maybe Astrid can learn something from there. And Walter is just staring at Peter like he is just shocked that he could just, Yep. Be so calm. He's just looking at him. Dead in his face. Yeah, he's not saying a word or nothing. And Peter kind of looks over to Walter, and Walter don't even stop his gaze. He's just staring at Peter. And uh, Olivia gets up to leave, and, of course, Peter follows Olivia to the door. And Olivia tells Peter that, look, I've read all of Olivia's files, and you have nothing to be embarrassed about at all, you know? Because he had mentioned uh, earlier that, you know, she probably wrote a bunch of crap about him. So Peter kind of smiles, that same little smile he gave her earlier, and he says, thank you. And as soon as Olivia walks through the door, Peter is looking mean again. He got that mean look again. And he turns from the door to go back through the foyer, back to the living room. And in the meantime, Walter has walked out into the foyer, and he tells Peter, he, he says, you know, I think I know what's happening to you. And Walter, Walter tells him, Every relationship is reciprocal, Peter. When you touch something, it touches you. You're changing. You touch the machine, and it changed you. It weaponized you. And I think that's a perfect, a perfect description of of what Peter's uh, 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 um, acting like. And Peter asks Walter, "Well, what do we do about it?" And Walter says, "I don't know." And Peter just gives him this mean look, and he kind of rolls his eyes. Turns around and goes on. I mean, you know, that's totally out of character for him with Walter. But anyway, so the next scene we have, we have Nina Sharp, my girl, and Brandon at, over at Massive Dynamics. And they're in the lab. And they're talking about the three copies that they've acquired of the First People book. And Brandon's telling her that these three copies, they're all written in three different languages. And they're written by three different authors, but they're virtually identical in everything that they say. And Brandon says that the earth has been spinning for 5 billion years. And man has only been on the planet for like 250,000 of those years. And that in the 5 billion years that the earth has been spinning on its axis, there have been at least six major extinction events. And, you know... All these six events happened way before man even got on the planet. So who's to say whether that, you know, one of those events wiped out a great civilization that the first people talk about. <clears throat> so Brandon is saying that when they put the word out, and, and so Nina Sharp, all she says is, ah, you know, that's all she says because she don't really say a whole lot. And so she's kind of looking at the one book and Brandon tells her, okay, look, but there's something else. He says, uh, when we put out the word that we wanted copies of the First People book, they found out that a few years ago, another person initiated a similar search. And Nina says, who? And he says, William Bell. And she just kind of looks at him and goes, ah, that's all she ever says. Now, the last scene in the whole episode, we see Peter at home staring at his reflection in the mirror. And he is looking mean and tired. And then we switch over to the machine in the lab, and it's just sitting there, kind of faintly glowing, just sitting there waiting. Then. All right. That was a good episode. That was good. Man, you know what? The best description in that whole episode was when Walter, I like that, how they do that with the titles and stuff. When Walter's telling Peter, you know, everything is, every relationship is reciprocal. And he says, when you touch that machine, it weaponized you. Because that's exactly what he's acting like. A weapon. 
Yeah, I I agree. But even I if like we can it. go to the beginning of the episode yes, first and talk about how it seems like now Olivia has turned. She's had time to think about it, which is she's what we've time. talked about yep. in previous episodes. That she needed time to process all the crap that happened and her not being the one yep. to have that relationship with him. And now that she's had time to think about what she said, she realizes that it wasn't just her that had to deal with this problem. He's had to deal with it. Walter's had to deal with it. All of them have had to deal with the fact mm-hmm. that they were not noticed that she was not the real one. But I think what did it for Olivia was the fact that Peter is dealing with the fact that he turned that machine on. Because she remembers the drawing and everything of Peter in the machine and everything. Um, so I think she's it, it allowed her to step back from herself, I think, and think about Peter, you know, and, and what he's going through. And Walter, you know, wanting to protect Peter and this, and that, and the other. So, But yeah, I, I did like that scene because that means that she's going to, at least, that doesn't mean she's 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 going to always, uh, you know, not think about it and stuff, but at least she's going to move forward. Right. You know, and now that she's ready to move forward, he's not because he's dealing with this (laughs) other crap. (laughs) He is mean, though. But, you know, when we first got a clue, we didn't know it at the time, but Mm -hmm. when when you first see that gloved hand opening the door to the house, yeah. And I'm like, well, who's she? Who's going in the house? Mm -hmm. And it's Peter. Yep. That was kind of weird. That was a clue. And then when Walter came in and said, oh, did you go out? And he's like, "Uh uh-uh. I I just woke up. And I'm like, oh, shit now. (laughs) Look. I mean, because he had gloves on. Yeah, I I was going to excuse it that you had gloves on because it's winter. (laughs) You know. And that she was coming in the house from the lab or working out or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then he's going to lie to Walter. And Walter knew he was lying. He did. Because he said, well, no. He was like, well, you must have been dreaming. He's like, no, I wasn't asleep. Yeah, I wasn't sleeping, and I heard the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why you need an alarm on your dough. <laughs> as soon as somebody opened the door. I uh, Yep. Yeah. That's you true. You know who's coming and who's going. Or somebody's or coming somebody. and going. <laughs> you know, somebody's somebody coming, coming and going. And it ain't the dog. I know, and it ain't the dog. So, but they don't have one, though. But, but. That, that was the first clue, and I was like, hmm. Let me tell you another scene I really did like. I like the fact that Broyles went to Astrid mm-hmm. and asked her to look at those files because he had a whole team of people on it, yeah. and nobody could make heads or tails of it. All them people at Massive Dynamics and everybody. Now, we all knew that uh, Astrid, though, has skills, though. So. Well, yes, and he he wanted to go to her, too, because he knows she's smart, mm-hmm. and she's analytical, mm-hmm. but he also knows, well, that, to me, was funny, because he's like, there's some stuff in here about <laughs> Peter. Yeah. And so, be discreet. Mm-hmm. The first thing she does is her eyes get all big, like, uh, that ain't gonna be a good idea. I just say, oh, no, I got it. I got it handled. You don't have to. Y'all go ahead on. Mm-hmm. She basically told it mm-hmm. when he was telling her to be discreet. And I was like, mm-hmm. Astrid. And well, then. That's because she has a relationship with Peter and Walter and Olivia. So she just did, don't want to be in the middle of it. You well, know? I was so guilty, obvious. I know. I know. And then when Olivia comes back and's like, okay, I'll take this pile. She's still looking at her like, uh. Well, yeah, but I mean, when it, think about it. Okay, when, now, when it's your friend, though, yeah. you you would do that. Now the you would scene do that. that I also like that scene with Olivia telling Peter, you know, she understands now. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh wait, that's not the scene. Sorry, when they're watching um, Brandon do those tests, and she's like, you know, I'm gonna go back and help Astrid with the files because I'm mm-hmm. not. He's like, well, you know, I'm gonna look like a, I'm sure I look like a fool, and I don't want you to look at me. Like that, with that light, blah, blah, blah. I thought that was kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. But, but, later after the episode went on, I was like, he didn't want her looking at that stuff because he knew she's smart and she would figure it out. Absolutely. That's why. That's because, why. Because what he said is, look, I've conned people. 
in my life. And she knows he's had a, kind of a shady past. Oh, yeah, a little we bit. know that. He says, and I know what I would write about people. So I can imagine what she wrote about me. She probably thought I was a fool. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to see me in that. Yeah, way. I don't want you to see me like that. Uh huh. Oh, you know what, though? As soon as Olivia said in the lab, you know what? It's pr- she probably used a well. Her mom called her all right, life. and and this this simple substitution code. I knew then. I said, "Ooh, Peter probably knew that too." He knew it. Uh huh. Because how do you know there was five and he went after all five? Because mm-hmm. he figured it out. Yeah. See, he figured that out exactly. Ooh, because he knows Olivia. See, mm-hmm. so he's and the he knew one, all about the Cortex well, fan and he's the, the one that helped him crack the the encryption. Code. Exactly. Anyway, so oh man, I was like, oh, I like you it. sneaky little sneaky. bastard. I, but see, they're making it mean and sneaky. Yeah, they're making it mean and sneaky because yep. of that machine. But I thought that was a good tie-in, mm-hmm. just you know, tie around. Oh, and let me tell you another scene too, where now looking back, you get a clue, and that <laughs> is when the Doctor Falcon was saying to Peter. Well, you know, I thought you'd be all happy because, you know, you're healthy and everything. And Peter gave him this look and he says, but then when Walter came and was well, talking. you're the doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're the doctor. And when Walter came and was telling him, you know, oh, oh they got some leaves on the shapeshifter. And, and he kind of looked over at the doctor. Yeah. Now, I, at first I, I excuse and I think, oh, he's trying to tell Walter, okay, not in front of him. But when he went out of his way to say, Thank, Thank you, you, doctor. And he touched him on the yeah. back, and I thought, ooh. See, I didn't catch that ooh. at first either. I didn't catch it I, at first. But when he was yeah. like, well, how is it that there's no relation? My nose is bleeding. The machine started up. Mm-hmm. And he just stopped talking at that point. And it's like, you're the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, huh. Uh-huh. But I knew that doctor was a shapeshifter. I figured he was well, a shapeshifter. Well, I didn't know it until they started talking, and he looked up like he was listening to what they were talking about. No. And I was like, mm. You know what? I thought it. Let me tell you when I thought it. I thought it when Walter said, ask him about something. And he says, well, I guess that makes me your boss then. And and he shook his hand. Yeah. It was just the way the guy acted. I yeah, thought, he's like, mm. as I was saying... Walter was like, oh, please continue. Go on. And he mm-hmm. says, as I was saying, like, so formal. I, I just, yeah, I just mm-hmm. got a feeling that he was, he was, yeah. That, and especially right after we found the shapeshifter in the pond or the guy found him and, and uh, he died from mercury poisoning because all that mercury. Sleep, uh, well, the uh, fish died of mercury poisoning. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, I thought that, ooh. Well, I didn't know at that point. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think it was Peter doing it but I when he either. came out of the uh shadows it's like oh hell but then i started putting it together i'm like yeah yep he wasn't he wasn't with them at massive dynamic he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't and was when perfect. he came in from the home with the with the gloves and stuff right the first time when, yeah that's shooting that baird guy that michael baird and putting him in that fish pond because yeah. mm-hmm. they said what they say they estimate he died about three in the morning. That's yeah. what Broyles said. And I thought, oh, ooh, Peter was just coming in the house. I mean, you know, you put all that together after the fact, though. The part <laughs> I, I like, though, was, you know, he's telling Olivia, I got to go do some testing. I knew that was a lie. Oh, yeah. You could tell. At that point, lying. you knew he was lying. Oh, no. I'll take the train. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because she late. always drives him. Because we ain't seen nobody ask him to do no more testing. Mm-hmm. Walter's trying to get him not to test, okay? Mm-hmm. Hello. Yep. But when he um uh goes to that man's house and Zach Alpert. Yeah, the last one's house, and mm-hmm. Walter finds him and he at first I'm like, where the hell did the cleaver come from? It just seemed like it was odd. No I didn't catch that they were in the kitchen. Well but when he went in the room kitchen. Cow, <laughs> that was, I was that like, was yes. That but was so to me, unexpected. it was interesting to see the shapeshifters. I know that they take over the body, mm-hmm. but it's interesting, to, or they don't really take over the body. They reshape their own body. Exactly. But it's interesting that they have pain because that man was hollering. He was hollering. Hollering. Because mm-hmm. I remember that when we had Newton, Newton's really the only other one that we had a lot of dealings with. 
when he got shot, it didn't look like he was in pain. Mm-hmm. He just patched it up and went on. And the other shapeshifters, we saw them while they were already dead or like that senator had the wrecks. I don't remember seeing one mm-hmm. fighting or whatever to where we see them actually re- react to pain. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of interested to see But that. I think Newton, I think it's like the Cylons and Caprica and stuff. I think Newton was a higher level shapeshifter. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Hmm. He was there a lot longer. Well, he was. He yeah, he'd been there a long, long time. He'd been there so. a long time. Hmm. But and he he was a little different because they had um, regenerated him somehow. Yeah, Remember? that's true. Yep. He wasn't quite like the ones that put that device in their. Flag. But that's what I'm talking about. Okay. See, he was like a different level Maybe. of shapeshifter. Maybe I yeah. think. Yeah. In my opinion, it was yeah. anyway, though. So, but okay, let's talk about Walter in this episode. Oh man, <clears throat> the best one is when he was. First of all, I like all the scenes with him and Nina. Oh yeah, they need more scenes together. Yeah. They well, really more, are good together. We need more Nina. Period. Oh, this was an excellent episode for yeah. me because Nina Sharp was prominently in it. Well, you know, now did you catch, I really like it. Did you catch this one line? <laughs> to me, was funny when he was making his banana split mm-hmm. and the phone rang and he was getting the whipped cream out and oh he yeah yeah squirted it and the phone rang. And he's like Nina, I was just thinking about you. Oh yeah. Like, what you thinking about her whipped cream phone, Walter? <laughs> well, hey, my we fa- know Nina was freaky now. Not my favorite line was when she was trying to explain to Walter that William Bell. Uh, 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 tested on chimpanzees and rats in the lab and stuff with the uh, with the serum, you know, to grow his brain cells back. And and while she's, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to explain it to him, he's just opening it up and sniffing. And she says, "Walter," he says, "Oh, I've sniffed worse, a lot worse than this." Mm-hmm. Oh man, because he is always self drugging himself, you know. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny, but he was good in this episode too because you know, not only is he is he coming to the realization from from September from last episode that, you know, okay, he cannot protect Peter from every single thing. But for him to realize that Peter, his son, is going around killing folk. Now, well, they're shapeshifters, what, but still. Oh, yeah, I didn't get to that part. On that last oh, scene. Oh, that was good. After he cut the dude's hands off and shot him. Oh, And man. then he was just like nonchalant, tore his little... Data disc out of his back. I know. And then said, they're not even human. Click, 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 click. And got him in the head. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, Peter. Walter, though, And Walter, I mean, I kind of agree with Peter. They're not human. Well, so, And they're there for to, ulterior motives to hurt people. That's and da, true. Da, da, that's true. Because they're killing people to get their body. So, I see Peter's point. But Walter still hasn't... I guess connected all that together, or he has, but it's still bothering to him that Peter is so cold with, cold it. with it. He was yeah. just so cold blooded with it. He was too. And like when Peter was rolling over that shapeshifter who was not dead, right? And he, he, he remember he, he. I can't remember now if he had a knife or something, but he he kind of ripped his back. He had a knife. And he ripped his back. Yeah. And he pulled out that data disc thing. But he was doing it so rough. And Walter was just standing there looking like, you know, like. Well, that's how you would do it if you didn't feel like they were real. Is this my son? You know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I like that part, too. Where he said, Peter is changing. You're you're changing. The the device has affected you as well. And it's making you mean, evil. I like... I like the last scene with them. Well, the uh, almost the last scene with them when Olivia, after uh, every, all the shapeshifters were dead, and Olivia was telling him, "Man, you know, we were just always one step behind whoever was killing all these people." So, and Peter just so nonchalant, like he always says, "Well, you know, hey, bright side is we got folders." And Walter's sitting there looking at him as if to say, "I don't know who the are hell you <laughs> effing crazy. You just killed up a bunch of folk, and you you trying to pretend like you don't know." <laughs> I mean, really, his face—his face was like, 
what he was the? Him dead in his he mouth. Dead in his mouth. And Peter just kind of looked Look over at Walter, like, and Walter didn't change his gaze. He just stared at him. Right, and Peter was looking at him like, "Don't you say shit." I know. Peter don't gave him that look like, "Don't shit. you say nothing, or I'll get up off this couch and get you." <laughs> <laughs> he better not hurt Walter. But you know that's coming because yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if he's this. Getting this uh, cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Who's to say he won't? Well, but did you see that last scene when he said, okay, Walter, then if I'm being weaponized, then uh, what do we do about it? Walter says, I don't know. And Peter gave him the meanest look and just rolled his eyes. And why? Well, I, I don't think, I didn't mm. consider that rolling his eyes. Oh, he just yeah. just kind of went like, okay, whatever. No, he, he didn't. He was looking mean. Well, he because was he, looking mean. Because but... as his body was moving away, he was like, he was going like this. <laughs> Wait a Don't make me laugh. That's called the side eye. Yeah, he, he was giving him the side eye. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't smiling or grinning or nothing. Nope. And that's how come when Olivia was apologizing to him or saying something to him, like she understood, and he gave her that smile. It was so it was like phony. A half, yeah, it was. Oh man. Was. He was good this episode. They're all good every yeah, episode. They really They're are. They're all good every single episode. Mm-hmm. I, I really, it, it just gets to me better and better every week. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> when Olivia and Astrid were breaking that, um, that, uh, what you call them? Code. That code. Then I said, oh, this is neat. So, on the on the internet, you can get like the alphabet thing. So I was counting. I said, okay, what's 22? Because I couldn't do that in my head like oh, they I know, did. I couldn't. But that was so clever. She's like the fifteenth letter. Yeah, that was. Like, How do you know that's the fifteenth? Yeah, letter? I have to. Because I was count. counting it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was very, very clever, though. So it was. Yeah, it that's, was. Man, the episodes getting better and better. <laughs> they are. Well, we had a an email. Oh, cool. This week from Sabrina. Hey, Sabrina. She says, Hi, ladies. I'm so glad you got your Firefly review out so quickly. She means the Firefly episode. Yes. Wasn't it great to see September the Observer kicking butt, catching yeah. bullets, and nonchalantly stealing cars? Yep. Who ever suspected that he was such a badass? <laughs> I can hardly wait to learn more about the Observers and their agenda. Mm-hmm. What are your theories? By the way, I love your reference to the Golden Child. We talked about <laughs> yeah, the golden child. <clears throat> Christopher Lloyd was wonderful in his guest appearance, and mm-hmm. I do hope we get to see him again. Mm-hmm. And when his character called poor Astrid Kelly, I laughed out loud. I know. <laughs> poor Astrid. Old men just can't get her name right. <laughs> yeah. I love this episode. I hope Fringe does well on Friday nights, even though it's on opposite one of my other geek favorites, Supernatural. Thank goodness for DVRs. Yep. Um, and then she goes into, we, if you want to, we'll go into um, one more th- thing. The BBC Amer- the BBC version of Being Human, because we talked about this a little bit, was fantastic. But I do have high hopes the sci-fi version will take the basics and go off in a different direction. And then she talks about some other shows that she loved on sci-fi that they canceled, like Caprica, mm-hmm. um, Dresden Files. Yeah, that was good, too. Haven. She said, Haven is good. Okay. I never even watched that one. She says, but every time I regain a little faith in sci-fi, they air a Mansquito 2 or some such nonsense. Exactly. Yeah. Have a great week and keep up the good work. Your fan, Sabrina. Well, thank you, Sabrina, for that email. And you know, on Sci-Fi Channel, I agree because like the weekend, they had something like the manatee versus the the giant octopus or no, something. No, what was that one with the crocodilo? Croc- yeah. Something. <laughs> I can't crocodilo. remember the name of it. But anyway, yeah. I mean, you know, real stupid stuff. So, but yes, I, I, I do love the observers and, you know, <clears throat> the observers, we, need, we do need more information about their agenda, but <clears throat> I think they're going to have to have Peter lose his life in order to set the universe correct because everything has a consequence. Therefore, he saved Peter when Peter was a kid. Of course, time, our time moves forward. They can move anytime. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably what's coming. That's what we thought last week. We were talking about why the Observer set all that stuff in motion. Mm-hmm. And Walter was thinking it was because he needed to rebalance the universe. Peter had to die. 
I don't necessarily know if that <clears throat> has to happen for it to be rebalanced. I believe it does because September said at the very end, this was a test to, to see, see if, he'll, if, if he going to give up his son when the time comes. See? That doesn't mean he has to die. I think it do, but anyway. But that's my, that's my own Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I theory. get it. I just feel like they can't really have him die uh, for real, quote unquote, you know what I mean? His character. His character died for real. They can have him die like in this universe, maybe, and go to the other one or get stuck. Or I don't know what they're going to do, but I really feel like if they had him die now, especially after they've had him and Olivia get together, people fell in love. I didn't, but people fell in love with the concept of them being a couple. And now this angst is in the air with them. If they had him die, people would be devastated. I don't believe so. Because that's how real life goes. I agree. So, I don't believe so. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's all it's, speculation it's, at this point anyway. Right, so, right. I mean, who knows? Yeah, well, you know, I, I hope they don't do that. But, but as far as the being human goes, as I pointed out last week, Sabrina, I haven't seen the BBC series. But, so far, I am, I am, I am being entertained by this uh, sci-fi series, Being Human. It's not bad at all. Good. Yeah, it's not bad. Like I said, so far, and I'm willing to give it, you know, several episodes, a couple, three, so, anyway. And to me, being, um, uh, Fringe being on Friday doesn't bother me. No, it didn't bother me. At all, because I always DVR it anyway. Thursdays, some Thursdays I was busy in the evening, so I would have to watch it late or the next day. Anyway, so. And this mm -hmm. way, usually Fridays, Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there on my couch or in bed early because I'm so tired from the week. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't bother me none mm-hmm. being yeah. on Friday, and and uh, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Uh, it doesn't interfere with anything else that I watch. But even if it did, though, um, you know, Don't tape it. I tape it anyway because watch I, it the same. Night. Yeah, I watch. I usually watch it more than once anyway. So mm-hmm. you know, I always tape it. Tape every episode anyway. So alrighty then. All right. Well, yeah, that was it. We <laughs> didn't have any other. Emails or, or okay. feedback. We have gotten some comments on Facebook just about how we feel about the move to Friday, mm-hmm. how we enjoy the episode, and then we always have great Twitterverse people. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> commenting on the show. I don't comment as much because I'm so busy watching. And even I do at like the commercial. I try to on the commercial. But it seems like the, I don't get it out before the commercials stop and I go back to the show. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So keep it coming. Thank y'all for all your feedback. We love it. And we mm-hmm. love talking about it. Yep. If anyone if anyone else would like to send us an email, you can do so at sisterspeak at gmail.com. Our voicemail number is 972-692-7341. We are on Facebook at um, Sisterspeak Podcast. No, wait, what is it? Facebook.com <laughs> slash Sister Speak Podcast. Okay. And then we're both on Twitter at underscore Sister J and underscore Sister K. Yep. All right, that's it for now. I'm Sister K. And I'm Sister J. See you next time. <laughs>